Hello, this is Alex again. Uh, we're going to start uh, doing live um, recordings of uh, the Fairy Bros podcast. And we're going to post this on the Talk to you Later show. But for now, I'm going to play music from one of our team members until we get the team together. Uh, yeah, so enjoy the music until we get the team going.
Hey, Seven. Cats. How you doing? Just, uh, trying to charge two devices at once with one cable. <laughs> Did you invite Nick? Send him the invite because he doesn't know really exactly how it works. Hey, sent it to him. Okay, well, I need a flat surface. Let's see. This. There he is. Hello, hello. Hey, Nick. Hello, Alex. Hello. Yeah, um, Tyler's not going to make it. Um, we're just going to record as normal. We don't have any audience yet. 
Okay. So, yeah. It's basically the same. It's basically the same as normal. We just have the kind of opportunity to engage with the audience live. Oh, is that a good picture of your family as your profile picture? That's nice. Oh, I know. You didn't have any of the modern pictures of me, so it's like, whatever. Just put this in there. <laughs> the Kyler dude seems like he's a pretty busy body. Yeah, he... He didn't feel like he's kind of like me. He has to be like completely prepared with all the thoughts and stuff beforehand. And he thought of some stuff to talk about, but he's not prepared to talk about them yet. So he'll join us next week. Something, something in the month of May. Bitches love my penis because it's really big. <laughs> uh. It was one other thing. I forgot where it was. I think that's it, actually. Okay. Okay. So we're going to record as usual. You have the topics there. Uh, yeah. Fine by me. I I don't know if you listened to the episodes where I put music on, but I um, typically do like an intro and then I play the rest of the song at the end. So I was thinking of uh, just talking to you about the song at the end because it's going to be listened to the whole song will be placed at the end of the podcast yeah that's fine by me oh, wait, at first I thought like oh maybe you guys can hear me but no there's some beeping sounds like Alex's uh, neighbor's moving in hmm. yeah Should you go tell him to turn off his car? <laughs> it's, uh, I have a green room running on my iOS so I could possibly view the comments, but I don't have any other apps on there. <gasps> So it's hard to like coordinate with a bunch of different phones. <laughs> my coworker wants to listen, or if he has, if he's available. But I have to switch it to my work phone somehow. Get the link over there. Uh, I could just look up. Okay. 
So we got everything ready, Alex? Yeah. I'm going to send this link quick to my coworker. It's a long day to Chick-fil-A. Oh, uh, no, not super long. <laughs> it ain't the years, it's the mileage. Like eight to three. A long shift. I was there from seven thirty to six or something. Mm-hmm. Get that over time. You should uh, get two breaks then. Yeah, I never take my fucking breaks. I take a lunch. I take an hour lunch, but I never take like my California breaks, which are like two of them, ten minutes each. Every two hours. Right? I don't know. For us, it's like we're supposed to take two every day, one in the morning, sometime one in the afternoon, with a lunch in between. Mm. I mean, okay. it's obviously, hey, they don't complain. So, Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Cool. All right, let me push a button on my computer and see if the <laughs> mic is working. Okay, push the it looks like it's working. And did you test it over this time? Like, have, have you used that setup, whatever you're doing? Like, do you know it works? Oh, I'm just using, I'm just using my uh, Chromebook. Okay, good. Because Chromebooks work. <gasps> okay, let's see if this works. Hello. Yeah, it's working. Okay. <laughs> I was having issues. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay, I'll start. Uh... Should we start a new green room at or now also? What do you think? A new one? <laughs> no, we're all set. <laughs> Why would you okay. need a new one? Just so it separates the pre-show with the podcast. Well, we're going to be sending him recordings of the actual podcast anyway, right? So it's that's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's basically replace the phone call. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be the same as usual. <sighs> click record when I say click after three. Okay. Uh, after okay. after one, right? Oh my god. Yeah, after... Oh, right now? (laughs) Okay, three, two, one, click. Hi, this is Alex again with the Varigan Bros Podcast. We're recording the second episode of season four. It's kind of surprising because we were on almost uh, half a year on season three. So... It's kind of big to do a new season. We're live without audience right now, but uh, yeah, how you, oh, we have Nick here. <laughs> we do. Uh, howdy, howdy. How you guys been? I have been fine. Yeah, just kind of up to the usual, I guess. Um, another day, another dollar. But I don't know. How, how are you, Trevor? How's the Chick Fil A been treating you? Oh, it's been alright. We had a 
the poetry from one person that uh, was kind of problematic. So I'm kind of happy uh, about that one too. Good. You got to keep the team lean and mean or whatever, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I'm just kind of, I'm over people who are not contributing to the workplace. You know, it's like, if you want a job, get one and then do the job. Don't just I know, you, get a job and then just kind of fuck it up, you know? Like, don't don't fuck around. Just just do your job. And there's most most jobs, honestly, are not that difficult. Some of them are difficult, but, like, I'm just saying, I don't know. Am I alone here in thinking that? Like, it, where, where is integrity gone? Like, if you're going to do something, do it. Don't half-ass something. If, if you don't want to do it, then don't even get the job to begin with. What are you doing? Don't waste everybody's time. Yeah, get a... Like... If you want to uh, contribute, then get a job and like fit in. Don't just like think you are in charge and do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Actions have consequences. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, Alex? Any new uh, juniors that you work? Uh, yeah, we got a new guy, but he's pretty good. He's not a junior. It seems like he has a pretty good experience. Uh, See, that's how they get you. Huh? If they, you know, they, they, they come, they're like, oh, I have experience. And you're like, oh, wait, shit, it's, it's actually a junior in disguise. So you got to keep yourself <laughs> on your toes. You never know what they're going to hit you with, like, with the, like, oh, this is how we did it at my old job. It's like, nope, this is how we do it at this job, sir. Please do it this way. <laughs> so you got to just watch out for them, those juniors, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this week has been kind of nice. I uh, since it's a little slow, my vice president told me to help finish up another project, and we had to sweep the road so we could paint it. And that whole prop, I made the subcontracts with subcontractors, and all that whole process went to. Uh, it's more smooth than I planned. <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there is expected to um, paint an intersection on Wednesday, but they did it on Tuesday. <laughs> I drove to check if the surveyors laid out the area for them, but when I drove by to check it out, the painters already finished it, so that's good it's kind of nice when things get uh, completed ahead of schedule right i mean so many times we dread when things are late but uh being able to do things faster is always a nice surprise you're like oh great okay this actually got done now i don't have to worry about it (laughs) Uh (laughs) been there oh you're the one that gets it done ahead of time and then they come in like oh look it's done ahead of time yeah yeah, it's called it's called um, under promise and over deliver. Or wait, yeah, over deliver. Wait, it's called yeah, under promise and over deliver. You don't want over promise and under deliver, right? No, that's what you don't want. Oh. To that's, that's what your juniors at Chick Fil A do. <laughs> they over promise, they get the job, and they under deliver. You got to promise people. Oh yeah, we'll have this ready for you. Uh, we'll give you a call on Saturday when it's ready, and they get a call on Thursday, and they're like, "Wow, you're so speedy!" And yet the whole time I knew it would get done on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah.
uh, I, I was just gonna like comment on because I went to theaters uh, yesterday, saw the Black Widow uh, movie, and I thought it was pretty good. It was good departure from uh, the typical superhero movie because uh, it was more like a spy film, which Marvel is not known for. Uh, but did it feel sort of like I actually really enjoyed uh, the Winter Soldier, the Captain America movie, the second one? Was it like that? Because that was a lot more. It was that one was pretty different compared to the big superhero movies. Was it more like was it like that kind of, or it was more focused on like? less crazy, insane, interplanetary superhero stuff and more, like, kind of smaller, like, smaller fights and more, like, of a traditional Earth-based spy action movie? Yeah, it's like, uh, figure out, uh, where this person is and take them down, basically, so, it was good. Yeah. What, was your, what would you say was, like, the best part of the movie? The, the two, like, the whole, like, family of Natasha Romanoff, the, hmm. like, sister, the father, just, like, they all, like, banter and interactions were spot on. It pretty funny. As somebody who doesn't know much about the character, it's interesting to know that, there's, that there is a family. There's a dynamic there, you know? I always thought of <laughs> I, I just never thought much about it. So maybe maybe I should see that. I guess I could wait till it's on Disney Plus or something, but glad to know it was a decent movie. Yeah, and there was a couple. Is it? I saw, maybe it is. Maybe it's not free, but it's... yeah, I'm not going to pay twenty bucks for it now. But if it's on Disney Plus, like for no additional fee in a few months, I might watch it. Yeah. Yeah, there was only a couple times where I thought, like, wow, this is um, very obvious backdrop that they put in. But besides that, it was, it was good. CGI and animation. Yeah, you got to expect that most of those movies hopefully will have kind of the top quality that you can pretty much get. I mean, it doesn't get too much bigger than uh, a Marvel movie for getting the right production studios to help you with the post-production. Yeah. I haven't watched any super interesting movies, but I did catch that new Pixar movie, Luca. I thought that was pretty cool. I watched that on a win the other day. And I haven't watched <clears throat> a whole lot of Pixar um or Disney movies recently, but I was, I've been binging, I don't know if, I guess I haven't talked about it on the show here, but I've been binging <laughs> tons of horror movies recently, but in such a horror mood, like all the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies and all the Conjuring universe and just everything. I'm, I'm super into them. And then I was like, you know what? I need something that's completely different. So I'm going to watch Luca, which is this kind of cute little Pixar animated film set in Italy. And I thought it was kind of cool. It was uh, pretty fun to watch. It was, it didn't have, like, for me, it didn't have the emotional impact of something like Up or, like, the earlier Pixar movies. It was definitely good. I feel like that studio is still making good movies. Uh, and I'm glad that the character design doesn't look super generic like the Disney stuff. Like, the straight-up Disney Animation Studios ones, like um, uh, Frozen or, I don't know, all the other ones they do. Uh, not talking about the quality of the movies, but just the design. All their faces kind of look the same. But with Pixar, they always have kind of a more unique look for the characters, which is cool. Yeah, we watched, um, what's the movie we watched? The horror movie? Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to finally, I got to introduce that to, um, 
<laughs> Trevor here and Allison. I, I love those movies. Mostly the the first like three are probably the best. The fourth is maybe all right, but I love the surrealism of those movies because it's horror, but it's also just kind of insane '80s weird surreal thing. Um, there's something about it. You know, if you're gonna watch somebody kill a bunch of people, at least they're doing it in creative, interesting ways. And even so every once in a while, <laughs> a couple of those things make, make, they make me wonder how do they do that? Like in one of the famous kills where uh, this woman's on a bed, this girl and she ends up kind of flying around in the air and then sticking to the roof and sliding around the wall. And you don't really, I mean, I don't really see any wires when I watch it. So it's kind of interesting, you know, lots of these effects, I think they look just as good as some of the ones that are done now and they were done practically. So I watched a, uh, the more recent 2010 remake of that movie. And so it, it looked worse in a lot of ways. And I'm like, okay, so all these, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later and, it doesn't improve. It just looks worse because what? Because they just use computers and didn't look as good. You know, CG computer generated graphics can look great. We, we know that for sure. But I feel like it's when you do practical effects really well, um, there's something, something about the realism that of that. That's really genuine. I think. Yeah. And Freddie's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Freddie is funny. Um, yeah, I haven't done anything, yeah, movies wise besides that, but I did buy a Game Boy Advance, so. Oh, you finally and bought I, one? Yeah, got it a couple of days ago. Works fine. Where'd you get I it? A, oh, I bought it on Facebook Marketplace. Pretty good quality, like, used item. It wasn't damaged or anything. It turned it on with batteries in, and it works fine. And where'd you get that? Like, or, sorry, you, what model was it? Like, is oh, it the, just the a, standard Game Boy Advance? Yeah, it's just like an Indigo purple one. Nice, classic. Did you get? Do you yeah. have any games for it yet, or do you have to buy those? Yeah, I've been like trying to get a copy of Metroid Fusion, but I, I don't want to pay like an arm and a leg for it. So I've been trying to like bid for them on eBay, but someone always like bids over me, and I was like, uh, whatever. Yeah, those people snipe at the end. You just, eBay is kind of a it's a whole game you have to learn and play. Yeah, it's pretty not fun. Um, but I might just end up having to pay like for buying now and get it. I do that a lot of the times too. I'm just like, I don't want to play your games. I just well, I want to play the game, so I want to buy it. <laughs> so <you> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'll pay the extra of whatever it is, and then I know it's coming and it's fine. Yeah, I do have one game coming. Um, also, I bought that one from eBay. They like sent me an offer like, how about twenty five percent off? Like, sure, I don't get it. Then, uh, so it's like forty, maybe thirty bucks, I think. So I have uh, Big Fan Banner Five on the way. Probably Friday be here. Nice. Hmm. Have you put what what uh, Mega Man Battle Network games have you played? I uh, played one, two, three, and four. The nice. third and fourth one, I got uh, the white version and I think it was Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, get some good usage of it. I'm still, like, deciding if I want to, like, replace it with the IPS display backlit panel or just keep it OG. Uh, we'll see. Well, that talk kind of makes me want to get one, but... 
knowing me, I'd be like, ah, fuck having to do it myself. I would just spend too much money on eBay uh, getting one that's already done. But I do have that pack of tools, and I'm, I'm kind of handy, so I guess I could probably try to do it too. Yeah, just like clean out the My book. I could probably open up the game. Wait, what? Sorry, cut out. Oh, sorry about that. I just said uh, if I if I can get to the hard drive and disassemble a G4 iBook from Apple, then I can probably get to the guts of a Game Boy because that's gonna be a lot easier than those crappy old computers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just need like the uh, proprietary like try uh, wing screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> No, Nick, have you had any photo shoots this month? You know, I really should have, but I didn't. I did have one that was supposed to happen near the end of... I had a wedding at the end of June, and I was supposed to do another shoot um, the day after, but that got rescheduled till later. And I've been telling myself, I need to, for a while, I, I probably told you guys in a couple, one or two episodes ago, I had been doing some photo shoots, and I was pretty excited to have been doing them. And I haven't done too much recently. And I, I've just been spending my weekends... Um, doing some other things, which have been relaxing, but I do need to get back on it because I need. I feel I always feel best when I'm creating things and actually doing things that I'm good at, which would be you know photo stuff. And um, it hasn't been happening recently, so I should. I should it, it's on me really to schedule those things and set them up because it is it is some work too, just getting it all to happen. So right. if I put the effort in to get those things scheduled and to come up with ideas and buy props and schedule the time and all that then it'll happen so I'm, I'm thinking soon i need to do that i have a couple of people i want to collaborate with um that i haven't reached out to yet because i haven't had the time but hopefully soon maybe i'll have more stuff to show <laughs> i suppose i will plug my instagram i'm uh at dead but delicioso on instagram you can follow <laughs> me there for more pictures <laughs> and if you want graveside uh graveyard pictures it's um ghoulish delight yeah, so and if you want pictures of graveyards on traditional black and white film, you can go to at Ghoulish Delight. If you want my photography, you can go to at Nick underscore. If you want glamorous <laughs> photos of myself, it's going to be at Dead Delicioso. And if you want to develop your film and send it into Santa Cruz to get developed at our, you know, at the best photo lab in the Bay Area at Bay Photo Local, where I work. So I, I have my phone set up to many uh, different Instagram accounts that I post to at various times of the day. Mostly just my sure. graveyard account, because that's the only one I have content for. <laughs> if, you, if you want to talk to a man, Jay, push one. <laughs> uh, I love pulling that button, though. And like, can, I, can I talk to somebody I'm like, uh, speaking? Like, I can help you. They're like, I help the manager, especially if, if Mike is gone. I'm like, well, then you're speaking to him. Can I help you? And they're like, oh, okay. Like, You're like, hey, wait, wait, wait one moment, then come back, then hello. <laughs> yeah, just let me, let me put on my fake mustache. Okay, yeah, you're just speaking to a whole new person now. Um, the verdict, verdict is still no. You you messed this up. It's, it's on you. I'm not going to remake this. Just yeah. kidding. We do everything we can to make our customers happy. Customers is always uh, number one. Yeah, they're usually they're always number one, but they're usually wrong. So we, it's our job to help them be right. It's our job uh, to be right and help them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just go into the topics. I wanted to mention that Final oh, <laughs> Fantasy XIV actually gone a huge uh, uptake in the user base. 
so uh so it's gotten so popular that um Square Enix actually has uh, sold out of the download codes. How is that even possible? Um, so they're trying to. I guess you don't want to like over um, capacitate the servers. So I get. I'm assuming that's the reason why you don't want to sell more codes than than you have. Like you don't want to. Oh, so there's there's so if so many people playing, they have to reduce the amount of people that the the servers can't support that many people, so they have to stop selling it until they build that out more. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, they're also trying to do like a waitlist option. So when you go to the push to add to cart, it says waitlist. <laughs> Wasn't that a free download, and you had to pay monthly? Yeah, How's so the free download, I'm assuming, is still there. So you can still go and start your trial, and then whenever you want to play for the full game, like after Evan Word, or if you want to get past level 60, then you go, you can either buy, like, an expansion, the base like, edition, or, like, the complete edition. Um, yeah. Yeah, cause, because I remember I played a little bit of it without really having to pay too much, so... I guess if I had played it more, eventually I would, I would have been roped in for some cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, probably building up because of the expansion coming in, I think, October it is. Uh, the latest one's in Milwaukee, so people are probably, like, getting interested or trying to just, like... Get the whole uh, game expansions all done, getting ready for it. There's also I saw one guy that's been playing like WoW for years, and he transferred over recently, so could have been hmm. like that also. Um, yeah, so uh, I have to mention. <laughs> uh, about Don Pantsy Yeah, last time I recorded with uh, Nick, I mentioned that Yat, the Emoji Link website, is collaborating with Opera, the browsing, but that episode got messed up, so I never published it. But, yeah. When I originally was recording it, and I was worried, like, oh... It's not even, the feature's not even out yet, but I reported on it. But, yeah, they did fulfill what they committed to do. And Yat and Opera, yeah, the Yats can be, if you use Opera, you could just put in the emojis, and you don't need to put y.at slash, and hmm. it'll go straight, straight to the website. Surprisingly, it works better on Android. I tried to put Trevor's yet into the iOS version, and doesn't seem to were you work. Uplo- if you, Sorry, were, were you updated to the latest version of the app? Yeah. Um, you want to try it on your phone? <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, if I download Opera sometime. <laughs> It's funny, I always forget that Opera is even... 
I don't know, maybe I'm just old school, but I always think of Opera in the desktop sense of downloading, you know, Opera versus Firefox versus Chrome or whatever, but I, I guess it is available on mobile. I never think to use anything but Safari on my iPhone because it's just so, I don't know, it's just built in and it's optimized and super fast, but I, uh, I guess Opera is there. Yeah, from my experience, my, uh, my three emoji link works just fine, but Trevor's four emoji link doesn't work very well. Uh, but it works fine on Android. Trevor tried to do it also on desktop, but it doesn't work. It seems to only work on the mobile. Have you guys seen other many other people using this? I still I've kind of yet to see anybody um, online or anything <laughs> use this this yeah thing at all. Is this kind of are you guys kind of ahead of the curve there, or do you know people also who are using that? Um. No, I don't know anybody. I I saw, you know, uh, yeah, probably the most famous people that use it is, uh, you know, Questlove, um, Jimmy Fallon. He uses it. All you need to do is put in the question mark emoji and heart, and it'll go to his, like, podcast. Hmm. And... Yeah, that, I think that's the most famous one. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts, Trevor, about you had? Uh, hopefully it gets more uh, press, I guess. Yeah, there's still some features that I have yet to roll out, like um, wallet features and like, uh, wasn't there something else they said they were working on to come out? Yeah, I don't know. That was the main one. Yeah. Um... I have uh, some other thing. It's uh, interesting, but not sure if it means anything. It's a uh, report saying that uh, Google is going to use in a supposedly uh, in development pixel foldable. I think they might have confirmed. I can't remember um, that they're going to use ultra thin glass. Uh, other manufacturers like uh, Xiaomi have used it or are planning to use it on their foldables also. Um, I think Arne is going to use it on top of like a, a BOE display instead of Samsung's. I think it's just like an additional layer to have a better experience for the user. I'm not sure if actually uh, improves any like lighting or like viewing angles or anything. Uh, I know a couple of the photoballs that first came out, we had like a uh, plastic screen. So this would probably feel a bit better. It's funny to think of a time when plastic screens were normal. I remember when the, <laughs> back when the first iPhone was coming out, they never. They didn't specify at the announcement really what the. I don't know if they specified what the screen was. If they said it was plastic or not, but 
but it wasn't, they didn't immediately say it was a glass. And I, I think it was between January and June when it came out that they eventually said it's going to be a glass screen. But uh, it's just, it's crazy. To, it's kind of crazy to think about plastic screens because most of us haven't used any of those in 10 years or more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't Apple decide very early on that they're only going to have glass screens? Yeah, well, like I said, the first iPhone came with the glass screen, so yeah. I, I don't. I, I was following it pretty closely, and I don't. I think I remember there being some news about it going from plastic to glass, or that plastic was possible. But glass was. I mean, the, the first iPhone started with glass, so it's been there since the beginning. But other devices at that time, I, I think it might have been, if not the first one, the first mainstream device that really had a big glass screen. Most of the, all the, I think all the Blackberries and Palm devices were all plastic at the time. Hmm. But yeah, it's glasses. It's been the way to go. I mean, it shatters, but it's still, I still would rather be careful with my phone and not shatter it than have to worry about it constantly scratching because it's made of gla- uh, plastic. Hopefully this uh, UTG uh, offers thing glasses. It's probably not flexible. I don't think I've heard of flexible glass. I think it is possible. There, there, are, there is some glass that can be flexible, I think. Isn't that why they would use it? Because the ultra-thin glass can flex the way that thicker glass can't. Sometimes they would use a very thin glass on top of maybe another another substrate, like a, you know, I don't really know, plastic or acrylic or whatever. So that would get, that would give it overall strength, whereas the glass would give the surface of it um, resistant to scratching, scratches. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Uh Apparently, uh, it's going to have an internal display of 7.6 inches. Just massive for just the internal display. Pretty big. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably going to be 2022. I don't think they'll be ready for this year. But um, speaking of Pixel, Pixel 6 looks pretty hot this year <laughs> was that the one that we've already talked about I don't remember if we've talked about it on the show here or if we've talked about it privately in a chat but is that the one with yeah. the 70s kind of theme the colors <laughs> yeah yeah I think I'm probably gonna get that when the quiz comes out uh, <laughs> you would yeah, it seems like Trevor's hyped about it because he mentioned it last week too <laughs> well there's been a lot more leaks from John Pilsner he keeps uh us a little uh, here and there. I mean, it looks uh, pretty nice. I like the little pop of color. It's cool. Yeah. They were saying uh, maybe they'll ditch the XL and go and call it the Pro, but then they go back and say, well, they're calling it uh, XL model for the bigger ones, so maybe just stick to that. And which phone are you on right now? The current OnePlus phone? Yeah, OnePlus 9 Pro. <laughs> that's another thing is that, that's is in that the from, news. Like, is that, when did that, that come out? Uh, like early this year, probably like March. When, the Pixels usually come out in like fall, right? Is that their thing? Yeah, October. It's like a month or so around uh, the latest iPhones whenever they re- launch iPhones are usually announced in September, so that makes sense. Yeah, October. Well, more uh, new new technology for you, and that'll be fun. Yeah. 
first we like uh, Google seems to be pulling all these stops this time for uh, actual good phone this time uh, last couple years I think people have been kind of disappointed uh, not a lot of improvements in the camera department but this one seems to be adding uh, more cameras and more cares so. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I know that 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 line of phones, the Pixel line, even even as somebody who's never owned an Android phone, I associate the Pixel name with being really uh, great for photography, um, just because all the reviews always mention that they have some of the best cameras you can buy. So hopefully they continue that, because um, you know, being other than being uh, basically an internet device, other than messaging, the camera must be one of the most used things on any modern phone. So uh, I'm glad to see that they kind of hold the standard for what what can be possible in a phone. I mean, I, the iPhone I mean, cameras are great. Some of the Samsung ones are good, but the Pixel phones are right up there with the best. I I usually just take pictures of my uh, food, but still, yeah, but when it. you do that, you want to have the best possible picture of your ramen or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. They did. He said in his league that. Google's going to support it with uh, OS updates for five years, which is good That's to know. That's a pretty big promise. Kind of like Apple, you know, they're still supporting like that. What was it? Yeah, the iPhone 8S until like this year still. Yeah, some pretty yeah, old times. Apple's been doing that for a long time. I'm still getting updates for the original SE. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think the SE is based on the 6S internals, which came out in like 2015 or something i don't know so apple's always been pretty good with that but i know android phones have had have sometimes struggled with getting you know consistent os updates for many years are you going to get that green one that comes out is it, i'm looking at a picture of them now it looks like that's either one of the leaked ones or one of the rendered ones i haven't seen any green ones i did see a champagne one that I'm kind of attracted to so yeah, the champagne one looks pretty nice. I, I don't know. I like the red one. The one that has the red portion at the top or the orange per- portion. Yeah, that one's like super 80s. It's like, uh, reminds me of those like, uh, old racer, like cars with the orange headlights or backlights. Yeah, kind of. Know? Yeah, that, that's that kind of, uh, to me, it looks very, it's very 70s. It's like that kind of combination of the tan look with the sort of off orange. It's an interesting color combos. It doesn't look, doesn't look bad. It looks pretty nice. Have they leaked a possible price ranges or the price? Hopefully, I, I haven't seen any price ranges, but hopefully it's normal, not overpriced. Well, is it? Is it, I, I mean, a lot of phones are expensive, but I mean, it's hard to say that a lot of them are overpriced for what they're giving you. I think nowadays a lot of phones have just moved up market, you know. You can still get some lower-end phones. Like, I mean, what, and, you know, like I a high-end iPhone might cost 1500 bucks, but is it overpriced for what you get? I mean, you still get a basically an extremely fast mobile computer. You can you can choose to buy a cheaper one. It's like anything else. I'm assuming it's that way with Android, right? You can buy you know a super expensive Android phone that's crazy specs. Is it overpriced or is it just really high-end? Well, I guess what I meant is just like where retail price uh, release is $1,000 and then usually it lowers in a few months or six months down and you save 200 bucks if you wait. 
But usually if you're early adopter, you have to pay full price and they give you a bonus of some free headphones or something with it. But with that, I mean, do you think, would you, would, is the hardware still, comp- I mean, the hardware is still competitive for a thousand dollar device, right? I believe so. Yeah, so it's um, it's not it's I don't know I think it's it's interesting that what we think cause because we don't want to spend the money but we might call it overpriced but a lot of things that people I think that a lot of things people think are overpriced aren't overpriced they're just expensive and people want to say they're overpriced but it's really if you want nice things you have to pay a lot of money for them other times they are overpriced straight up you know certain things are just ridiculously overpriced but other times there are, there are times when you're like okay this does this is worth a thousand dollars it's just really expensive so it feels like I'm paying more than I want to I guess more overpriced would be for like vintage items that people are like well I'm gonna sell these items for this much and then uh, like the Game Boy Advance games I was trying to buy like going up to 75 80 bucks just for the old Game Boy Advance game yeah uh, well, that reminds I guess, me of, uh, yeah. I use, I, some of the flashes that I use for my photography are a uh, pro photo brand and they're, the lights are great lights. I really love using them. They're super reliable and they've been great, but some of the accessories that you could, that you want to buy for them, it's just insane. Like it's, you know, literally 50 cents of plastic that can put a, a color gel over the light, a color filter. And, you know, if you were to sell that at a, a good markup, that might cost twenty five or fifty dollars, maybe, maybe like ten or fifteen. But the you know the kit costs two hundred dollars for you know a piece of plastic that fits over the light. It's not smart <laughs> at all. It's just, it's just a clip that holds a gel. And I think they one of the reasons they sell it like that is because it, you know it works perfectly with their lights. And you spend, I think they think if you're going to spend two thousand dollars on one of their lights, you can afford two hundred bucks for that. And hey, I'm a sucker, so I might buy one. But it's just the idea of. To me, I would say that's the realm of like overpriced. You know, it's it's the point where like I know that I, there's no possible way that this, you know, you could sell this for fifty dollars and make five hundred percent, you know, thousand percent markup, but you're selling it for two hundred dollars. So I don't know. Certain things I certain things I look at, and I get a little bitter, and I'm like, really, I spent this much money on your thing, and you want to, you know, you're going to charge me this much for a little accessory. And then I get paid and lose all my money buying accessories for my expensive lights. So whatever. I guess the joke's on me at the end of the day. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm probably going to spend a, entirely too much for just a little cartridge from 2002. <laughs> <sighs> oh, one of the things I thought would be funny for us <laughs> to mention today is the. Uh, billionaire jackass space race. And that is yeah. the space race that all these billionaire jackasses are um, throwing themselves into. And I call them billionaire jackasses because let's be honest, they, they pretty much are. But I, I'm i not saying that because they are necessarily billionaires. You know, have your money, whatever. You probably made it. You know, I'm not even going to go into the economics of the... I'm not going to go into how they made their money. But I'm just going to say hey, you know what? They are kind of jackasses. But it's interesting that, you know, we're all talking about what well, Richard Branson from Virgin what did a space flight thing. And I know that uh, the, uh, not Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, well, they're all, they're all kind of going to go to space sometime, right? And everybody's been talking online and even in person to me uh, this week, we've been talking about going to space and how these, it's interesting to compare the optics of, you know, billionaires who own these massive companies 
going to space. And I'm just kind of curious to hear what you guys think about the whole thing, about like them talking about it, about them doing it. Uh, like, do you think it's a really awesome thing? Like, oh, yeah, they, they have all this money and they should just use their companies to go to space if they want to. Or do you think, or, I don't like, what do you think about people like Richard Branson and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos putting all their resources to getting themselves launched up into space? Uh, I could chime in, I guess. Uh, I mean, I know, uh, there's a goal for the, uh, U.S. for us to get back to the, the space exploration. And I'm a fan of that. I don't know whether this is the same goal as that. I don't know if you're just trying to get out there just to say, like, hey, we got, ships that can ship you up and you can see the moon or something, whatever, but sounds yeah, well, good. In this I mean, case, I think, I mean, Richard Branson owns a uh, Virgin group, which I think Virgin Galactic is the one that's doing this. And I think for part of it was for him. He wanted us to go up to space because it wasn't one of his lifelong things he just wants to do. I don't know. The other part is that they're going to be hopefully expanding that to like passenger travel where maybe next year or the year after, whenever they get the approval for that, they'll be able to have people, uh, you know, you, if you have enough money, you could pay to go to space on one of their craft. So, you know, it's not really, I don't, where is it going to take them? I don't know. It's not like we have a massive population on the moon to visit, but maybe if you feel like going to space and checking out earth and just being up there, um, if you have enough money, you can do it. So I, I don't, in this case, I don't think it's so much as we're exploring and finding out more about our universe as it is, you know, creating economic opportunity for those companies to get really rich people to pay them a lot of money to go to space. <laughs> yeah i mean as long as our last this, is, this isn't nasa at a big telescope this is like this is big business like as much as i like going out and having hopefully like rich people going out to space i don't know if it's the most economic uh thing to do with a billion dollars or so i mean yeah, i'm kind of torn cool between because you can do that, but you can, there's so much other things you can help people do on earth. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I go bet between those things because on one hand, I'm, I'll just, I'll say straight off. I'm extremely, you know, like a very liberal person socially, mostly economically. Like I, I'm more about like helping the average person and, you know, billionaires probably shouldn't exist, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the reality, reality is they are their own people and they have that much money. So if you want to do that, like you're going to go ahead and do it. Like I can't stop you and I shouldn't be able to or whatever. But the other hand, I'm a little bit like, okay, out of all the things that we need to do, you're not really exploring space. You're not really, you're not really finding out more about the universe. I mean, you're, you're doing a proof of concept for something that will end up selling a lot of really expensive tickets for people, for a select group of people to be able to go to space and, take their selfies with the earth in the background and that's it on one hand. Yeah. Okay. People are allowed to do whatever they want, but on the other hand, it's a, almost like a social obligation. You'd think they would have with all the resources and money they have and all the real world problems we have on planet earth. It's a little bit, it seems excessive. It's like, great. You could have, you didn't want to put any of this into any of the other possible interesting massive projects that we could do to improve the quality of life here. And here we are with this space race of, you know, because our country in some ways has failed us and nobody is 
you know, many, some countries aren't spending as much as they used to to explore or, you know, enable space travel. So we have these private companies and private people or public companies and private people going up into space. It's just such a strange place to me because there's part of me wants to just say, hey, do what you want. It's your money. And part, a big part of me says, really, this is what you're doing with your time and money. You're spending so much of it here. And they're not, ple- you know, I will say I, I read an article saying that Jeff Bezos or I, I, it was either him or Amazon or something donated $200 million to a good, to like a, a space charity or space um, or an academic thing. And I'm not saying they're all terrible. I'm just saying it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about this whole sort of space race between these famous rich people. You know, we didn't, we didn't really have this going on five or 10 or 15 or any other time years ago. So it's, it's, we've come to the point now where these companies, uh, was it blue origin, SpaceX, uh, Virgin Galactic, that they're mature enough to now have these spacecraft that can start to go up into space. And now we have the founders or owners or CEOs of these companies trying to go up there and, I don't know, just take advantage of it all. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, like, it'd be awesome if they maybe were funding NASA and helping them, like, get uh, more astronauts in the moon so we can study it or, I don't know, put a telescope on the moon or maybe and send out that... more probes out into, like, a solar system so we can get more photos of, like, different planets. and That's absolutely yeah. awesome and incredible. I know that – I do know that isn't SpaceX uh, being – they're doing flights to the space International Space Station, sometimes with supplies or with other things. So – they do. They are kind of involved. You know, I, I think to be involved uh, with space travel and space launches at that level, you have to have cooperation with the government. So of course they're doing some things, but it's kind of always this looming, looming specter of capitalistic space travel behind it. Because at the end of the day, them and their companies and their shareholders need to make money. So it's a combination of using that to further our understanding of the universe and of space, and then the reality that this is also still a big business that they they hope to be selling tons of tickets to space eventually where people just want to go up into space or visit the moon, wherever they want to do. If if you guys had, if somebody said to you guys, I'll give you a ticket to go up into space for a while, would you do it for maybe a day or whatever the flight takes? Would you, for no, if it was no charge, you wouldn't make any money from it, but it was just going to be given to you free to go up into space on one of these, on any of these SpaceX or Virgin Galactic or whatever, would you take it? If the technology is proven to be working and they wouldn't die on the way up, <laughs> well, it mostly works. I mean, they send people up in those rockets, and it's been fine. It's been mostly fine so far. We don't hear about too many deaths. Um, if it's free, yeah, I'd do it. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I would do it. I think it'd be a good experience. But yeah, I asked Jessica that same question uh, maybe a few months ago. And yeah, she said that she wouldn't go. It, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I would... I want to think that I might say yes to that, but on the other hand, what am I going to do in space? Like, okay, I, I barely find enough things to do with my life on Earth. If I'm in space, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if I could gain the system with a question, like sell the ticket off or use the equivalent value of that ticket to do literally anything else, I probably would. 
but there is kind of the uh, you know it is kind of a cool opportunity if somebody said hey do you want to go to space i'll pay for all but nothing else i mean few people go to space and check out the earth from up there or whatever they're doing so i guess there'd be kind of the novelty of doing that which would be kind of fun yeah that's what i was thinking but i do wonder i mean i see the thing is none of us are trained astronauts so I wonder how much it would fuck us up to be going up there dealing with the, the gravity and the, the anti the lack of gravity or what, all this stuff. Like, I wonder if it's, 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 it's sort of like asking a genie for something. It's like, oh, can I go up into space? And it's like, oh, yeah, if I, did, if I didn't do it tomorrow, I think that would be quite a surprise for all of us because we have no idea how to actually go up into space. Yeah, I, I saw like some documentary or something about how NASA sent some uh, was it octopuses or something? Or squid? Yeah. They were That's not pods. They sent them out there just to see if they could survive with gravity if they returned. They 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 sent them to be raised out in space and then brought them back to Earth to see what happened if they would be able to function on gravity with gravity. Because they are uh, have a similar um, brain as ours, <laughs> and they found out that they can't really function on Earth. So this space colonization is not as realistic as people may think. You might people can't just go out there and just live in space. You need gravity to. As you can live in space, but you can't really come back to Earth. <laughs> I wonder about that, though. I mean, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but is is it really that way that you you? It's only a one way trip. I mean, if you, even if you're raised in, let's say, somehow you're born on a you know on a colony with different gravity or no gravity or whatever, is it really impossible to to visit a place with gravity and not be able to function? I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe if certain organs uh, of your you know maybe a balanced thing in the inner ear or maybe other parts of your, you know, your organs expect there to be no gravity or expect there to be gravity and it's difficult to adapt. But even then it would take a long time of evolution to de- to create a problem. And I think that it would just be an adjustment period, right? I think if any of us, if us three just had to go up and live in, you know, zero gravity or in reduced gravity on, on another planet, I think it would be really strange and probably uncomfortable or painful for a while but we would probably get used to it after after a while it's not, nothing is that extreme we would just have to get used to it when we got back right because people yeah, here adapt all kinds of things that's what i was gonna they, say like they, people adapt you never experience gravity at all then it's hard for your body to understand what it is <laughs> Well, that's, that's true like, i'm just saying there's people who have experienced gravity their whole lives and they become astronauts and experience a lack of gravity or, you know, a lack of gravitational force and they survive. And some of the people stay up in the space station for quite a while. So I'm just saying that it's, it's, if it goes one way, it should logically be able to go the other way as well. It might be, it might not be easy, but I don't see why that somebody raised with, without gravity, it must be, it would be a very strange sensation to come to, to arrive at the planet or whatever and suddenly feel like you're being constantly pulled in one direction. Whereas we, we don't think about it here at all. We just exist but maybe somebody there would constantly be stressed out because they feel like they're getting pulled into the core of the earth. But eventually you'd get used to it, I think. Like like we would do if we were suddenly put into zero gravity. I think our bodies may be used to that possibility because we kind of flow in water sometimes. 
I don't know. You have to practice floating. You, this is still gravity, but water does kind of simulate it. I mean, we uh, as little free human creatures, we born like liquid, so it's not that unheard of, I guess. Well, isn't it is it really, I guess, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it correctly, but is it, do we really feel a lack of gravity when we're in, when we're floating in a liquid, or do we just still feel the gravity at an equal force pushing us upward, the buoyancy of that? Is it, is it really the same? I, I mean, it's probably no, in some no. way similar, but I do think that an actual sort of zero gravity feeling is still probably different. It's hard to, I know that you can, you can actually do that. You don't have to go to space to get zero gravity, really. You can, it's like an extreme thing, but I think people can, you can go on these plane flight kind of things that take you, and then for a certain number of minutes, you're in zero or anti-gravity or whatever, and you're kind of floating around the cabin. I think people, people can do that. Didn't I just do that a bunch of times? Sounds like something I seen would do. I know, she can do anything, but I think that's, uh, that's definitely a thing that can happen. Alex, were you afraid to, like, people are, like, born on, like, the uh, highest that's just something. Yeah, if they were born on a spacecraft. Or... I don't know if that's legal yet. Well, I, I don't think he was saying it's happened or will happen, but just the, the, the you know, theoretically, yeah, they would be born into possible that. With the octopus or something like that. But I mean, although their brains may be similar to ours, they're still very different in our, in their and their capability, you know, they're still, I, I don't know. I still wonder if there's a big enough gap there to say somebody would be able to eventually adapt or maybe they'd be able to function, right? I mean, if you gave somebody, the hardest thing would be if you were raised there for, until you're an adult, you would probably have not, you, maybe you wouldn't have enough muscle to support yourself for a long time. You know, here we, our whole bodies <laughs> adapt to the ground for real, right? I mean, we have, we don't think about it, but we're constantly pushing ourselves up against the gravity that's pushing us down to the ground. And if you don't have that, you'd probably either develop different muscle or no muscle in different areas. So I bet you, if you, you'd have to train for it, maybe. But when you get to the, when you get to Earth, the first part would feel you'd feel extremely heavy, and you wouldn't be that strong in the legs. Mm-hmm. I bet you people with back pain would love to be out in space right now. I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, I was just gonna say, don't like. Pigs have like similar hearts to us, and they haven't sent pigs out yet, right? You know, I haven't heard anything about pigs in space, but if I heard pigs fly, <laughs> they could send Pinhead to space in the fourth Hellraiser movie, and they could send a couple swine to space. Yeah, it's, uh, send um, Freddy to space. That'd be interesting. I'm surprised they never did that. Like, you know. <laughs> A nightmare on Elm Street, like intergalactic. I'm not kidding you when they said like there's like literally Pinhead in one of the Hellraiser movies is in space, and that's that's at that point I was like, okay, well we've okay we've gone this far, like everything everything is nothing is off limits anymore, nothing is sacred. Yeah, Hellraiser on international PlayStation, international uh, space station. We will tear your intergalactic soul apart. Do I look like somebody that cares what the space station thinks? 
Bring back Butterball. That's, that'll put asses in seats for the new movie. <laughs> What's your uh, active look, Alex? Yeah, I was thinking about augmented reality glasses lately, and I was thinking, like, why can't they just make some simple glasses or something? It doesn't have to be, like, the iPhone or something. Just make something simple but not have it wired to anything. And I was looking on Reddit, and I saw that there's this new platform. It's not really a company. They do. It is a company, but they don't make their own glasses. The company is Active Look, like you said, and they've developed the software and the hardware to enable companies to manufacture glasses. But the the kind of doing the Android method of having multiple manufacturers. Hmm. Um, the hmm. functionality is really simple. The display is actually good. The the lettering looks pretty good. It's not like some archaic like Game Boy graphics. <laughs> but uh, it's very focused currently on uh, endurance sports. They give you your like running stats, or maybe you give you a wattage of how much um, effort you're putting into your cycling. It also has a compass that it could use. It's connected to an, a phone, so it, that's how it. Um, it's the computing power. But one thing that's kind of uh, awesome about this is that these augmented reality glasses aren't like those big, bulky, ugly things. It actually looks good, even though the designs are kind of... The glasses are gigantic on the face, <laughs> but they, they look normal, basically. <laughs> and... Uh, they're actually less than $500. There's a company called Engo. They they started selling their augmented reality glasses a couple months ago, the first manufacturer in the United States. And yeah, I think only Google has made another uh, augmented reality glasses that does not look like some big bulky ugly thing that does not look normal. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, I know Google's, that. For sorry, go yeah, on. You can go. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, I'm pretty sure it was Google's. I want to say a few years ago, maybe they shared a. I think it was a demo uh, or like a video rendering or something about it was either a plan for the future or just a proof of concept where you could wear. Uh, like a, either a glasses product or some sort of heads-up display 
and it was it was a person that was leaving their apartment or they're traveling on the street and it showed it would overlay a kind of an augmented reality arrow on the street of which way to walk which way to turn and they could walk into the bookstore and meet somebody and it would show that you know like it would show the navigation very detailed in heads up you know on overlaid on the reality that you're watching and i thought that was pretty cool I, you know that's just something that i think is going to take a super long well, i don't know about a super long time but a significantly long time for us to actually get to, but I think that's what we actually—that's what we want because we've seen this in video games and stuff. So we all—we already know what the ideal is, but getting there is technolo- technologically very difficult. So it's interesting yeah. to think about. You know, we yeah, always think, "Oh, it's so right. easy." We just expect things to look like it does in a video game with your heads-up display and all this stuff. But in reality, doing any of that is really very difficult. Um, but I—I I know that that's one of the things that if we could get to that level of. Um, I guess utility, then maybe I would consider putting on some sort of display or glasses or something. But if it if it only offers minimal utility, I don't I don't know how convinced I would be to wear something until it's giving me something that truly is only available in that kind. Of, you know, I can get a map on my phone, but I can't. It's getting it you know, having it show me on my reality when I'm looking through the glasses which way to go or whatever without having to look down at a phone. Now that that would be an interesting use case. But until we get to the place where it's really offering a lot of benefit, I don't. I, it's hard to. I've not been convinced yet about these uh, augmented reality kind of glasses things. I know Google Glass was kind of a good. I want to call it a proof of concept, but I guess they shipped it. Uh, there's all this. There's all these rumors that Apple's working on something, so it probably means they are. But even then, I'm still struggling to think about what. What would this? What would this product give the average person that they? that would make their life so significantly more convenient that they would actually wear it. It's been proven so far with the Apple watch. And I mean, some people buy Android watches, but the Apple watch is the biggest seller that people are willing to wear like a wristwatch that gives them notifications and fitness tracking. That's the thing that people will wear, but glasses are a whole nother thing. Cause you're always looking at people's faces. So it has to offer a lot of value for you to, to be putting something on your face it has to look good enough. You know, people care how they look. The watch is one thing, which they've gotten millions of people to wear, but it's a whole other thing to have people putting your product on their face. And every time somebody looks at you, they're seeing you and your Apple or your Google glasses or whatever it is. So I'm very skeptical of this whole thing. I think that the technology could be amazing, but until we get there, I'm a little bit like, "Mm." like you have to, it has to be proven to me first. Show me how good it can be. And then I'll believe in it. But until then I'm just kind of, my expectations are pretty low for these things right now. Yeah, I realized the sad thing about augmented reality glasses while I was doing my research <laughs> is that I realized, I might be wrong, but I realized that these projectors and this glass technology are designed for people that don't have a, an eye prescription. <laughs> hmm. So it's kind of, they have to like, persuade people that don't use glasses to wear glasses. (laughs) A lot of people don't like to wear glasses, even though they need to wear their glasses. (laughs) It's very true, actually. You know, there's tons of people like I'm not, I wear sunglasses, but I'm not used to wearing glasses all the time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's in your face when you're wearing something like a watch or even a ring or necklace or something, you're not really interacting with it, but you can't help but see the glasses constantly when you're wearing them. 
So it's definitely, it's a different ask to tell people, okay, you, you don't have to wear glasses, but we want, this is going to be so worthwhile to you that you should put them on anyway, because it's going to be this good. So I feel like it's definitely, like it's a next level ask for people. Yeah, I realized that uh, the the prescription is like the next level <laughs> because in order to have the image go into the eye, how it may be deformed, maybe they deform the image like in from the beginning, <laughs> but and they probably won't do that. So if it just reflects off the glasses or it goes through the glasses how no eye should receive it. It's not really designed for people that have prescriptions. So, yeah, I think the prescription part is, I don't know, it's really hard. So I, I'm it's really disappointing for me because I really want them. I don't, I want to get rid of my phone. I want to replace it with smart glasses, but it will probably... It can't really, if getting augmented reality glasses is that hard and you got to get it into prescription somehow and make the image adapt to the eyes, uh, I realize that they might have to say you may need to have, may require contacts <laughs> if you want to wear augmented reality the easiest way to do it. I don't see why you couldn't just get contacts if you're going to want to use these glasses. Yeah, but I don't... My eyes are too dry to wear contacts. <laughs> do you realize have, how funny that sounds? You, you have to get contacts to wear these glasses. Yeah, it's it's kind of... This idea of augmented reality glasses is kind of... So you just have to wait for augmented reality contacts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this idea, to me, I realize it's not really realistic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I would be, I'd be open to wearing them if they, if they were really good. You know, if, if I saw them and I'm like, okay, this is going to, you know, be really kind of game-changing or if it's going to be really convenient or something. But I don't know if I could wear them constantly if they didn't provide some sort of interesting value to me. And how much value that is, is going to, you know, that's the question. How much, how much value can these glass glasses products add um, to our lives that make them worth wearing? Mm-hmm. If they have all the functionality as a, a smartphone, it'd be easy to sell, but. Uh, well, yeah, but even then it, it's always going to be, di- it will be difficult for anybody to come up with a, an interaction method for these uh, glasses products that's compelling enough that you want to use it for all that stuff. Even if you can bring up, even if the displays are high quality and everything, it's still going to be more cumbersome probably to deal with that screen than it would be just to deal with a, you know, a five inch glass screen in your pocket. Oh, what, yeah, are you going to be gesture, gesturing in front of you to scroll through a web page? What if you want to click a link that your friend sent all these different things? I mean, we do, you use our phones for so many things. So it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'll, I'll answer a call with my glasses by blinking in the right corner or whatever it is versus saying, you know, I want to, I want to, I, I need to post a new photo to Instagram. Am I going to do that with my glasses? I mean, maybe, but how much control do I have over it? Is it going to be as easy as just the, you know, the few taps that it takes on my iPhone or Android phone? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's a really big problem. To, to use, using it in addition to a phone is one thing. I think that that might have value, but being totally standalone, that's a really big 
problem to solve because people use their phones for so many things. I, you know, I use my phone to clock into work. I use my phone to order food. I use my phone for all these different things. I think it's going to take a while for glasses or, you know, some sort of glasses or headset to make it as easy for that as it is to just tap on my phone. I don't know. I don't, I can't think of anything that's been as easy as just using a touchscreen, you know, for that. I feel like yeah. the next step at that uh, level of equipment on like it, just using your peripherals would be like mind control and that would be like the easiest way to do it. Yeah, that's something like yeah. that. Or, I mean, it would, it would it would look dumb, but if you some sort of gesture control maybe with a camera tracker so that, you know, if you're looking at a, a list or a, a menu or something, if you could just tap in the air where it looks like it's floating, that might help. I mean, there's different things you can do. But I'm, those aren't common, you know. So we we're at, we're at such a we're at such the baby level of all this stuff that we really need to wait and see where it goes. Because I I feel like it hasn't the technology has not yet proven itself to be essential to us. So we have to wait till one you know a company or a person or something proves that it can be genuinely more useful than it is cumbersome. Yeah, I mean you could also. Sad news for augmented reality classes for me today. <laughs> you could probably develop some kind of gesture where, like, with some kind of uh, motion sensing. I don't know, but like rings or something. You put on like your forehead and your pinky, if like thumb and your pinky or something, and you could like figure out gestures that way. That way, you don't have to like. You- actually like move your hands around and you could just use your fingers or something well you could absolutely do that but that's already that's i think that's still a step too far i don't i already am wearing four rings on my fingers or most people don't (laughs) but i'm just saying like what if you don't want to wear anything like that i think it's it's that's the that's the big problem it needs to solve is what if you just want to put on your glasses and be efficient and do things yeah how are they going to solve that is it some sort of thought control is it gesture control is it only voice control. I mean, you can do a lot. If your voice control gets really smart, you could do that too. You could, if I could say, um, you know, hey, glasses, order me this, 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 and that for my favorite pizza place, plus add these drinks and have it delivered today at 5.30 and, you know, charge this payment method and deliver to this house. And if I could say that all in one command and it could just do that, then I don't have to open DoorDash on my phone. But that does not work that way right now. So it kind of maybe it works halfway that way, but I'm just saying it's it's, a, it's much more complicated. Voice has to get a lot better for us to be able to do that with voice. So we're looking at voice or gesture or something. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I love watching new things develop. I mean, we we're all kind of cyborgs already with our phones and our smart, you know, our watches and everything. So I. I already feel naked whenever I don't have my watch with me, even though it just shows me, you know, basic information. So I think that if the glasses thing becomes useful, well, it'll be like, oh, well, I'm not wearing my glasses. I feel like I don't have any information on me. Like, like the heads up display on a good video game. Where are all my stats? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Trevor, do you uh, want to skip your astronomy news for so we could keep it short, or you want to do your astronomy stuff? 
Uh, just I don't have stuff. Just one of them. Um, it's just uh, a new. I guess not new, but new to me. I guess they use this kind of um, observing or like technique to detect these rogue Earth mass or what they call it, Earth planets. Yeah, rogue planets. Earth mass outcast planet candidates. Um, <laughs> they they use this like uh, gravitational lens to like temporarily brighten a background star, and they call this micro lensing. Um, to search for instances of micro lensing, they use like light curves. And they measure, like, the brightness of stars over time. And then when they see, like, a burst in the brightness of a star, they know microlensing is part of the um, reason. And this, like, I guess gives away that there's some kind of outcast star that's, like, orbiting that star um, that causes, like, the extra peak in the light curve. Um, yeah, and so in, in the case of like free floating planets, um, it says astronomers only use one single peak that lasts for a very short amount of time to detect them. Just very really, like, I, I wouldn't have thought of it to like detect planets. How would, how would finding like a brightness of a star? I mean, there's a rogue planet orbiting this star, you know, it's kind of unheard of to me. Yeah, a lot of what they do is really stuff that to, to us sounds kind of obscure or we wouldn't think about it, but it's interesting to know that a lot of, it's so difficult to, to detect some of these things that they have to use things like gravitational lensing to kind of infer the existence of these other things. You can say, you know, we maybe we can't directly observe something, but if we can observe its influence on something else, we can see what's going on. You know, they do that with black holes or whatever. They can say we can't right. directly observe this, but we can we can tell that there's something with extreme mass right here because of the gravitational lensing that's occurring in this area. So the only thing that's possible of creating that much lensing effect is something of that mass. Therefore, it must be a black hole um, or whatever they do. You know, and there's different kinds of things like that. So it's definitely one of those things where it seems simple and then you, you go and start reading about these different, you know, astronomy things and you're like, wow, I didn't really realize that they have to go to, they have to observe all these different things just to infer or to basically uh, confirm that such and such is a real thing, a real deal. I, I love that part of it. You know, they, they're, it's, it's so much more in depth because you're working with such, such precision that you need to explore the universe through the, through the means that we have, whether it's the telescopes or whatever other detectors we use to observe. Um, so things are just so, I wasn't going to say astronomically far away, but literally uh, <laughs> extremely far away. So I, I find that fascinating too. When I, when I read or watch things about the various astronomical topics, it's the, the techniques are things that we wouldn't even necessarily think of because the scales are so large that they things have to be used um, just to just to infer or detect that things are there, 
we have to use techniques that we wouldn't have really thought of. Yeah, totally. In the same boat, I love like these things. Like, well, we can't directly observe it, so how are we going to figure out these things? Like, how can we infer? And this is like kind of my, I love like things that you had to work around the obvious to uh, show that there is some kind of evidence of it, you know? Hmm. Um, it does go on later because one of the questions that this implies is like, well, if these planets don't have a solar system, is there truly like free-floating planets that just drift along and transfer to <laughs> different solar systems? Um, he says it's it's tricky. He said uh, that some of these planets might be orbiting far from the host star because they're still gravitationally bound to it, just like super far away. Um, but the microlensing signature would look exact, like look nearly identical to the signal expected from free floating planets. So. This person uh, coming from the California Institute of Technology is not entirely convinced that all these planets are actually free, uh, free drifting nomads. Um, but they said there's still a chance that because this is talking about four new like planet mass outcasts of planet mass means like or Earth mass means like the as big as Earth, at least, not smaller, like an asteroid or something. Um, to indicate if it is, they need some kind of ground-based observations to confirm these events. Um, but yeah, I guess there's uh, there might be a population of like four just drifting around. Um, so yeah. Do you have a, a next topic, Alex? Yeah, uh, for the Fairy Hicken Bros podcast, uh, I didn't mention this before. It'll be in the live stream that we have a song that we're going to be talking about. Maybe I could transplant something in them earlier so people could. It's I don't know. It's going to be obvious that there's a song, a new song, but. It's not really mentioned until now in the talk in the Very Hicken Bros podcast. But yeah, Nick has shared with us his most ready to share song. And I could describe it, but I don't think my description will like be any value to you. You already listened to the introduction to it at the beginning. But, uh, or if you listen to the very, uh, the talk later show, you'll hear it at the end. But, yeah, the song is called Promise the World. And when I was, I listened to it so many times today that my ears are ringing. I know, I hope it'll end soon. But, hmm. uh, <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll, I'll take that. It's good. <laughs> it's a uh, some press is better it, than no press. Yeah, the song is very vivid, and 
yeah, I, it has many voices in it. Also, the the instruments seems to have many different voices. And I'm wondering what type of world you envisioned that the song will be depicting. Um, well, to me, it was, uh, I guess I would call the song, a, the song is a conversation. It's a conversation between people saying, um, you know, do you want to stay where you are or do you want to um, try to experience more than what you're doing? You know, do you want to find out more? Do you want to go do more than whatever you're stuck doing right now? Uh, to me, it's kind of an adventure song, and it start, it's kind of an introduction to, you know, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, conversation. It's between, you can kind of hear the different parts that sound like they're kind of dueling. You have a deeper, kind of more aggressive sound, and you have a, yeah. a, a slightly a lighter sound. And they're using the same melodies, but in different ways. And I, you know, it comes from a project of songs that I was going to write all around a theme, and I never really did that. But I still like this song kind of a lot, so I, I just, you know, that's why I shared it. Um, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, and then sometimes I think to myself, are these two characters, you know, talking to people? Is it characters in a, I don't know, in a in a show or an album or a movie or a, or a musical, or is it you know me talking to myself? Because you know everything, you know, every picture a photographer takes is kind of a self portrait. Is, is every mu- is every song you write kind of about yourself? I don't I don't know, but mm-hmm. I think about it, and obviously on the, on the surface, it's uh, kind of inspired by the music of. Hollywood, the Holy, the romantic Hollywood vision of high seas piracy. You have, uh, you know, this the, the stereotypical instruments, the big strings and everything. And it just reminds me of somebody, it's, it's like promising yourself, can I go find more um, in an interesting life if I, if I let go of whatever I have here? You know, is it, yeah. am I doing the right thing by staying where I am? Or should I kind of reject what everything I've known and go kind of on an adventure and see what I can find? So that, that's kind of what that song is seeing or what it's about. Yeah, I think a lot of people are debating that. Like, I want to do something that we want to do, but I have to keep to what I've been doing. <laughs> have to yeah, that, that, they kind of, for a lot of people, I, I feel like that kind of conversation is, you know, it's it's very much... I'm going to keep doing this because literally it's, you know, I have to stick to my job and pay my bills and all this stuff or, you know, so that's the very base level, but it could also be, you know, I have to stick to doing, being the same person I always am and talking to the people I always talk to. And you know, there's different places you can do it. And how many, every, you know, there's, I'm not saying it's, it's definitely not an original thought, but you know, most mm-hmm. thoughts aren't, I'm just saying it's, you know, what would it take to break out of your comfort zone and do something different? And I struggle with that. You know, I do a lot. My life is you know, very, I'm not going to say monotonous, but I have, a, you know, I do a lot of the same things every week and every day. And um, So it's, it's kind of, you know, the song's kind of an invitation to a dialogue about, hey, you know, do you want to risk? What, how much are you willing to risk to find something that might be more interesting than what you have? Hmm. When I listened to the song, it felt like there's a, kind of an obvious story or it's is there a story that you imagined to it before it uh well i mean other than the theme that i just kind of mentioned i would say i mean and (laughs) this song was partially kind of written like a very very long time ago for me so it was like not particularly um highbrow you know when Mm -hmm. i was younger i was just kind of writing whatever but Mm -hmm. i i do think you know i think a little bit of a 
a person jumping off of a pirate ship, you know, you know, finding somebody who's stuffy and sitting up there and saying, you know, I'm going to sit and be a member of proper society. And then they say, yeah, you know, you could do that or you could come with me and drop all of that and come do what you think is really interesting. And, you know, just see, see how the rest of the world is living when you're stuck up there and you're, um, you know, marble house, whatever you're doing. And, it, you know, not that I necessarily relate to either of those positions, but it's, it's taking that to extremes and saying, you know, what, what can one person introduce to somebody else that changes their world? And do you want to drop everything and run with them? Or do you want to kind of stay with you where you are and say, you know, it's not worth risking everything I have to go on a goose chase of, you know, freedom that I might not actually need. Yeah. You want to hear what I think uh, about what it sounds like? <laughs> yeah. What, what would you say, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad you asked. Um, <laughs> uh, well, when I first heard it, I, I listened to it like maybe two or three times, but it reminded me of uh, one of the bands I started listening to last year, uh, within a uh, couple years. Uh, it reminded me a lot of like uh, Twilight. Voice. I don't know if you heard of the music. They use a lot of those bells and like, like those high sounding like chimes, and it mm-hmm. gave me like that fantasy sound of like adventure. But then, like at the end with the chorus, kind of reminded me like, oh, it's a Smash Bros. theme. So that's kind of what <laughs> two things came in mind. So. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I didn't really <laughs> think about that stuff, but I guess I can kind of see it too. Yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of fun to put all that stuff together and kind of see where it goes. Um, yeah, I, I thought of video games too a little bit because I think sometimes the the lower chorus, especially like the the bass or the tenor chorus or whatever, sounds a lot like the, the Skyrim soundtrack to me. Like you have the yeah. kind of big Viking or pirate sounding like yells and grunts and uh, chorus. So I think <laughs> it's, it's I'm like, wow, that definitely sounds like that. But I still like how it sounds, so I'll use it. But yeah, I know sometimes I'm, I've shared with you guys different like pop songs, so it's fun to share it's kind of more an orchestral thing that I also like doing. Yeah, when I listened to it, it sounded like it was like a Warriors or Adventures Return Home or something. Yeah. I think it felt homey a little bit, or it felt a little bit like family with the different voices. And there's a lot of culture and a little dance and celebration in it. It's very buoyant, you know, it's very something like, it's not, it's not a song that gets caught up in being, um, dramatic in a, like a, a melancholy way. <laughs> it's very much about like, it's propulsive and it says, it's just, it's supposed to be kind of fun and inviting and exciting. You know, it's, it's, I, I call it, you know, I have like a, in, on my computer, it's titled like adventure song or something. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very like, it's very much, like you said, it's kind of adventure. You know, you have this big element of, fantasy to it which is fun i, I love mm-hmm. fantasy i had um, kind of an aside but we had a after work um i guess bar night of people that i work with and somebody asked one of the one of the juniors asked me you know how do you how do you take pictures like how do you decide what to take pictures of or how do you take pictures of these people or something about my photography and i just told them straight up you know i live in the re- in reality i'm not really interested in in more reality you know I, that's fine other, other people that's i'm not saying it's wrong to be interested in it but for me I get enough of reality every day. So what, what can I do? What can I create? That's a little bit more than just reality. You know, can I create music? That's more fantastical. That takes me to a different place. Or can I take a photo that doesn't look 
really real. You know, none of my pictures of myself look real. They look super airbrushed in Hollywood, but maybe that's <laughs> what I wish for. So I'm going to do that. You know, a lot of people, I just, I'm of the, I'm of the pretty firm opinion that most people have enough reality. So we need this more unreality or more, you know, more fantasy in our lives, more, more whimsy. The world needs more whimsy. So many things are so rigid and what we need is to find little moments of whimsy in our lives to take us away and make us more interested and say, okay, you know what? <laughs> There's a possibility of more interesting, more interesting things happening than just the day to day. Yeah, I really like yeah. how vivid the song is, and I think it's really easy to imagine some other place and take you off to some fancy Thanks. world. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, you know, it's part of, like I said, I was kind of wanting to write like a musical kind of, a whole story, and this was one of the kind of big songs in that, and I never really finished that or got anywhere with it. It was kind of just a project that, um, you know, didn't take off, but it was definitely part of a, it was going to be part of a big story. So whether I ever finish that or not, I'm not sure, but I'm happy to share the song. I think it's fun to do that kind of music once in a while. And I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of it. I like how it sounds. It's very, it's by no means perfect, but it's the parts I think are sometimes more subtle. Some of my other stuff is very much just put as much orchestra and everything as you can, really big, loud sounds. And this one has a little more subtlety to it. You know, there's, there's, there's light parts. There's some nice little counter melodies that work well. So, Anyway, I'm happy to share it. I'm glad you guys listened to it. So thanks. Yeah, I think dynamics is really important to a song. So I thought it was balanced pretty well with dynamics. Cool. Thank you. Well, we'll get to listening to that song. And thank you for joining us, Nick. Thank you for having me, as usual. Well, yeah. Peace. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. And talk to you later. Hey. Bye. Alright. It's uh, not too bad. About an hour and forty minutes later, we've got it recorded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's episode three, right? So. Is it? No, is it I, three or is it two? I think it's two. I did two. I, I called it two. There's like an unofficial episode that's kind of season one or season four. Yeah, season four. Yeah. So I always count that, so I'm gonna set it as season three. <laughs> episode three. Trevor is the the official for the for what he counts. Official space jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Official astronaut here. <laughs> the Jack astronaut. <laughs> oh, I love astronomy. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, you, maybe like you and Allison should watch Black Widow. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'll just be honest, I'm probably not going to get out to the theater to watch that, but I might watch it on Disney Plus when it's not 20 bucks or whatever it costs. Like, it doesn't usually come, like, to Disney Plus, like, a month after or something. I don't know, I just watched Ray for, like, 20 bucks, so... Yeah, I, I was, like, lightly considering that fucking, uh, what's it called, the 
the Cruella movie, but I was like, well, I'm not going to spend money on that. But it's supposed to come in <laughs> August. And it was in theaters in June, so it's not too long after. I'm pretty sure Cruella's out on Disney Plus now. Like, for not an additional fee? I don't know. I, I haven't checked I Disney Plus. But I'm Basically, pretty like sure I said, it's I'm like, I, I don't want to pay for it, but I might watch it. When we watch I don't want to pay yeah. for it, but I, I, I just want to pay for it. <laughs> How much do you want to pay for it? Just fuck me up. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I probably had to pay like around eighty bucks for old Game Boy used uh, game. So, yeah, I am not going to say anything about that. I've spent more on that, so. I mean, I've spent more on a vacuum, so what am I saying? Dude, we got a new vacuum today from, like, a good brand, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Out of all the equipment, like, you guys can't buy us a new computer, but you can buy us a fucking vacuum. <laughs> but it, I'll take like it. Like a I'll Dyson? It was a, a uh, what's it called, a meal? Better be a Dyson. No, it wasn't a Dyson, but it's still a pretty good brand. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm not going to complain. Our, our old one, you turn it on, and the entire place fucking smelled like asshole because it was just, like... <laughs> It just it was not good. Like the old vacuum just would just, oh, is this like a, did a wet dog shed everywhere in the entire store? Is that what happened? Oh no, we're just vacuuming. We're cleaning for you. So now hopefully this one smells a little bit like I'm fucking, you know, not going to fucking gag when I'm, God. And the last vacuum fucking, the vacuum bag exploded on me. It was just terrible. So, fuck, so short story, fuck vacuuming and make the juniors do it and use the new vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't need a, I don't need a vacuum and smell like actual butthole and get dust all over myself. It's like, nope. Um, let's just uh, th- the point of vacuuming is to get things cleaner and not dirtier, not smellier. You guys uh, need to find that purple mouse or whatever it was. Most, most, most important. Exactly, most important. Like, uh, hardware acquisition lately for the photo lab has been a fucking vacuum. How about that? <laughs> okay, <man. coughs> uh, I sent you the document. It should be in your spam. Hope you're not. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> should spam. be in your spam. <laughs> what? I try every time. Uh, I send send it's it your spam folder. <laughs> I got it, Trevor. It didn't go to spam. Good. That's really funny. <laughs> I sent this to your spam box. <laughs> Hopefully it didn't make it to your actual inbox. Yeah, I think I'm going to go play Overwatch. So thanks for anyone that actually okay, listened to on, on the live stream. So. Yeah, my coworker okay. actually was on for maybe five minutes or so. <laughs> it looked like you he was on for like somewhere. two minutes. But, uh... Yeah, let's not count it. So we had one listener. Great. We can only improve that. We can we can actually increase that by 100% if we get two next time. So No, there was two people. I saw this random guy that came in. Okay, well, we can increase it by 100% with four people. And so then there was this other girl that came in. It was like for five seconds. <laughs> By accident. Yeah, we can try. Well, okay, I'm getting off stage.
Yeah, I'm gonna go. So, okay. how do I even get out of this thing? Stop speaking. 